Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Food Insight podcast, where I, Kimberly Wilson, take you through all things food, psychology, and everything in between. And today I'm back with a new Breaking Bread episode. My guest today is Thomas Howe robson Canu. Thomas is a Premier League and Wales international footballer and founder of The Turmeric Company. In this episode, we talk about the personal experiences that led him to launching the family business that makes fresh blended turmeric shots, following a series of injuries that threatened to halt his career. We also discuss how he learned to manage his nerves on the pitch and how he copes with the pressures of top flight sport and the scrutiny that comes with being in the public eye. There's also a little treat for listeners at the end of the episode, so do listen out for that. A little heads up, Thomas is a very softly spoken chap. I have tried to enhance the audio as much as possible, and for future episodes, I have a whole new recording situation sorted out, so that should improve consistency on the pod. But I'm really grateful for your patience for any of the sections where he's a little bit quiet. And also a little safety note, in this episode... Thomas talks about his own experiences using foods to aid his recovery from injury. These are his personal anecdotes, and they're not presented as scientific evidence. Where scientific claims or statements are made, I have included links to the relevant research in the show notes, so you can go and find the journals and read them yourself if you want to. But that said, this is not medical advice, and if you have any injury or illness, please do go and seek the counsel of a medical professional. First things first, it would be good for me to know because your email signature says Thomas. Everyone calls you Hal. <laughs> what should I call you? And uh, where did the nicknames come from? Yeah, so um, my full name is actually Thomas Henry. Hal is sort of a pet name which I was given by my family. And playing sport at a young age, I sort of went into the academy system. And as a 10-year-old, people picked up on Hal as my name and um, obviously as I progressed in sport it sort of stuck to the point that when I was turning professional at 16 Howell's actually my name but my my real name was actually Thomas Henry but um, so yeah so uh, my legal name is Thomas and my middle name is Howell so um, it's uh, obviously in the world of sport I'm known as Which do you prefer outside of sports? Um, Yeah, a lot of people obviously call me Thomas, um, so I'm happy to stick with that. Okay, I will call you Thomas because I'm not in the world of sport. (laughs) (laughs) And usually these conversations, so these breaking bread conversations, are conducted over a meal, but we're in my office um, and I only have a microwave. 
instead we'll do like a little thought experiment. So you're at home, chilling, in your onesie, <laughs> house to yourself, um, all the food that in the covers that you could ever want, access to everything. What do you make or what do you eat? Good question. Um, I would probably say um, my meal of choice to actually go to is what I have for breakfast. Okay. <laughs> um, which is? But just the part, which is um, walnuts, blueberries and fresh Greek yogurt. I just really enjoy it. And then sometimes I'll sort of sprinkle a bit of um, dark chocolate, 90% over it. So... That works well for me. When you're pushing the boat out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, because that's a very, which is absolutely fine, but it, it's an incredibly kind of nutritious yeah. meal. Now, yeah. is is that legitimately something you enjoy or is that something you kind of conditioned yourself into eating or yeah. maybe a bit of both? I think it came from conditioning and then led to enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, being a sportsman, you have to take your nutrition seriously. Um because you're always pushing your body to, to its limits. So you have to um, be in a position where you um, recover at an optimal level. So I took nutrition very seriously as a young player. Um, and then I came across um, nutritionally beneficial foods, which actually tasted good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my sort of concoction, which I could go to at any time of the day, um, whether it was first thing in the morning or late at night. Okay, so it was it's like a, a synergy between something taking care of yourself in a very kind of uh, practical, professional way, but also something you enjoy. I think, yeah, definitely, which definitely. is a nice mix. Um, so we'll we'll get to that, I think. But it's probably helpful for people who listen to the podcast who aren't into sport to know who you are and what you do. So, do you want to kind of introduce yourself in your own words? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm an international Premier League football player. Which is a nice title. Do you have that on the little badge? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't actually. Um, so yeah, international Premier League football player, um, playing for Wales national team and West Bromwich Albion. And um, yeah, it's a, a sport which I've played since I can remember um, and something which I'm really passionate about and fortunate to have made a career mm-hmm. um, Within a, within a field which I truly love um, and that's sort of what I'm really known as you know um, and, and as I said it's something which I which I love um, but away from sports I'm fortunate enough to have been involved in a number of businesses over over the course of the, uh, the years and um, in a position now where um, I'm one of the founders of um, a company called the Turmeric Company mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's a sort of brief outline of, of who I am. Cool. No, that's good. And so let's maybe we'll start chronologically because I think there's something quite interesting about because obviously what you do is very competitive. Lots of people want to do it, and lots of people don't. So and maybe more of a kind of experiential question: What is it like to be on a pitch and know that? Everyone knows your name. I mean, that's tens, hundreds of thousands of people. Like, do you have a a sense of 
I don't know, the enormity, or, is it, or does it become something very everyday? What is that kind of on-pitch experience like? Yeah, it's... Um, again, I think you go through stages in, in your career where when you first start out, you know, you'll be playing in youth games where there's probably a few hundred people watching you. And, and they're your parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> parents, friends, family, but you're nervous. You know, you are... You, you, because you're aware that every move you make is going to be analysed. Um, as you progress maybe into reserve team football, you might have a couple of thousand people watching you at big games and you might get a bit of attention in the media mm-hmm. um, around your performance and the results around the game. And again, you're nervous because <laughs> pretty much everything you do is analysed and um, you sort of begin to... Um, expose yourself to to that environment and then create your own mechanisms to to deal with that level of pressure because it is pressure Mm. and um if you're fortunate enough to continue to progress you know you hit first team football and then you you know the dream is you want to play at an international level and that's when you know you're in the in the eyesight of hundreds of thousands of people you know 50,000 people at game and then match the day watched by millions of people and again it's how you deal with that internally and it is fascinating because all sports men and women at different levels of the sport mm. deal with that pressure in different ways um, how do you deal with it or yeah what, or, I think or has um, that changed as you progress yeah I think so I think uh, as a young player you know you're always going to have nerves but it's how you sort of interpret those nerves. Um, I was fortunate enough early on to, to sort of try to understand what my nerves mean to me. Um, and I sort of changed my interpretation of nerves more towards excitement. Mm-hmm. And I was able to, in my head, understand that nerves, in inverted commas, mm-hmm. was actually um, excitement at playing something which you love and doing so well at it and being recognised for it. And so it sort of changed my perspective. Mm. So whenever I felt that those butterflies in my stomach, I actually thought rather than getting nervous and it having a negative impact on me, it actually had a positive impact because then I realised that actually this is excitement. This is my way of my mind telling my body that this is an amazing opportunity. Did somebody help you to come to that? Because that's quite a mature recognition to come to. Like, did someone... Were you just a very prodigious child? Or, or did someone help you? <laughs> um, no, I sort of... I, I, I read a, a few books growing up, especially as a teenager. One called Psycho-Cybernetics by Max... Um, I can't remember the name of the author. We can find it and I can we'll find it, yeah. put a link up. Um, and... That was a fascinating book in terms of just um, the way your mind processed your experiences and your environment. Mm. And, um, and that sort of helped lead me towards um, processing feelings in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And that definitely allowed me to um, develop and progress in, in my career. Mm. And so that's, that's how you managed it in your teens. Has that changed... How do you manage the pressure now? Because now you are kind of top flight international player, Premier League player. There is scrutiny on you, I suppose, on and off the pitch. Like, How do you manage that? 
Yeah, of course. It's um, as you said, it, the higher you go, the more pressure um, there is with performing, and it's it is an interesting topic because now, in particularly in football, um, there's a lot of emphasis on on mental health, mm-hmm. and it's an area which um, the likes of the FA are aware hasn't been properly addressed over the years, and and a lot of sports professionals have suffered. Um, particularly post football, and mm. um, because they haven't, um, they haven't been able to process what they're feeling in a in 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 a in a manner which is going to benefit them, mm. and they've been taught to hide emotions and lock emo- lock feelings away and um, not deal with what's in front of you. You know, we had we had a talk recently at our club with um, an individual from the FA who is literally working on working directly with uh, players and players uh, can access him directly and he offers a sounding board in dealing with the pressures of performing week in and week out playing, not playing being scrutinised for a bad performance or um, a loss in a game and and it's, it's good to see that that awareness of how important emotions and the way sports professionals deal with them is is beginning to be addressed mm-hmm. um, but we're still very very early on in that in, that, in those stages I think professional sports and maybe football in particular is a very interesting um, paradigm for thinking about mental health I think on one hand because it's so traditionally masculine right so and and if we in traditional masculine styles we don't do emotions we're here to do the job, stiff up a lip, you know, carry on and keep going. So that you have a kind of um, uh, a compounding factor of that happening. But I think also, or and maybe this is a question rather than just my assumption, but I think the public can, I think it shifts, but I think the public can find it difficult to be sympathetic when uh, sports stars or, or celebrities even have um, emotional or psychological problems because there's a sense sometimes of, well, everything in your life is all right, isn't it? You get paid enough, don't you? What do you really have to complain about? Is, is that something that you recognise? Is that definitely, definitely? And as you said, it's it's in all um, professions where there's uh, public scrutiny, where public scrutiny is all, almost accepted mm-hmm. um, as a as a right to the public. Um, and the film industry is another example of that. And, you see how many individuals within within those industries are actually suffering and they have to look at ways of dealing with those pressures and and yeah it can sometimes lead uh, individuals within those pro- professions into dark places yeah. and but again th- this is it's almost the the perception is that it comes hand in hand like you said you're privileged to be in that position so you shouldn't really um, be allowed to complain about being scrutinised or being you intrusion. Know, yeah, of course. And the reality is, is that you know everyone is uh, a human at the end of the day. Everyone has feelings. Everyone has emotions, and it's quite easy to sort of um, put people who are, as we said, in a position of privilege, put them sort of on a on a um, mantelpiece and say, well, you know, you're there, so. We can have any view that we we like, and you. We can, you know, talk about you in whatever manner, which is um, uh, 
which we deem necessary. And yeah, it's, it is a it is a balancing act because the reality is, is that's not going away because if you are in a position uh, where you're in the public eye, then it is natural that you're going to mm-hmm. be scrutinised and people are going to have opinions of you. Um, but I just think it's how do those individuals looked after mm. um, which is which is important and uh, as we said earlier I think the awareness and um, of how important mental health is, is 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 growing yeah I think it's really again it's kind of slightly off topic but it's um I think it's really interesting about how how viewers use people in the public eye in the sense that they use them in for their own kind of ideas about what life could be like as a kind of fantasy object or as a an object of projection, I would say, psychologically. Like, they make assumptions about what your life must be like and therefore it can sometimes be a bit um, jarring for viewers if it's not the fantasy that they think it is. And there's a kind of clash of what they want your life to be. And I guess within that, then, a lot of assumptions made about what life is like and and again this idea that everything is perfect and lovely and sunshine and flowers all the time I wonder if and and it felt like you kind of wanted to make it clear that you have other things going and obviously we're going to talk about the turmeric company but is there a way in which it's easy to narrow sports people down or professionals of any kind down to just that job like you're just a footballer and no one assumes that you do anything else Um, yeah I think that's sort of it is the general, you know, perception, I suppose, because um, the reality is, is that it's a demanding job, mm-hmm. um, and you have to give your all to it. But again, part of dealing with the pressures of sport and any role is sort of is sort of having a um, an opportunity for release mm-hmm. and allowing your mind to switch off. Um, and what I've sort of found over the years as I've grown is um, switching off from uh, sport and uh, football, which is what I love, involves switching my mind onto something else. And, you know, uh, for me, it was you know, various business ventures and being involved in, in beneficial uh, projects, which are, you know, going to bring a lot of joy and happiness and and health to, to, to a lot of people. Mm. Again, I think the the lifetime career of a footballer is, is much shorter than <laughs> my career. You know, psychologists, I could be doing this in my 90s. <laughs> I would just be getting better, <laughs> hopefully. Um, is, there, is there a need to start thinking about what your stage two is? Like once the career is over or is there a kind of an active thought about what you do next and where you go next I personally don't really have that view on it because I sort of um, football is something which I'm fortunate enough to have been, you know, be involved in but it's something which I'll always be involved in you know, even if I'm a supporter um, you know a coach you know, maybe a manager one day it's such a sort of niche area of expertise that I think being involved in it, you're always going to have the opportunity to remain involved. Um, so in terms of like various other projects, I think it's just, you know, just being involved in things that you, you truly um, have passion for and, and you love doing. Um, and that's obviously why, you know, I set about being one of the founders of, of the Turmeric Company, because uh, I really do feel that it's a, 
it's a company which is going to have a beneficial impact on a on a lot of people's health and well-being okay so tell me about the company what's it all about where did it start why turmeric is it just a bandwagon <laughs> yeah so um growing up i when i was a young sportsman um, in my teens um i suffered some really bad injuries i ruptured my acl twice what's the acl um, your anterior cruciate ligament, which is, is the main ligament in your knee. Okay. Um, so it's basically what stabilizes your knee. And without it, you, you can't play any sport. Um, How did you do that? Um, bad tackle. So I ruptured it twice in the space of 18 months. And the uh, the doctor at the time, the surgeon, said to my dad, um, I should probably begin looking at different professions. The second time I did it. So... Um, but you know, I, I love you know, I love football, <laughs> right? But no, yeah, I, I love football. So it was um, I had a determination to come back and um, just give my best and and be as successful as I can in the sport, regardless of my you know health. Um, so I worked really hard to get back. Um, I got back to a level of fitness, but there was sort of a blockade where I couldn't get the swelling down in my knee. Um, was suffering from you know severe inflammation um, and was experiencing a lot of pain training and playing was there also sorry was there also a bit of a kind of psychological blockade as well like the anxiety about doing more harm when you went out to play yeah of course of course it was a risk pretty much every time I went out onto the pitch but you know you're young you love what you're doing so it is a risk worth taking you know at that time that's that's all you can sort of think about so um, so I persevered, um, but as I said, it, I, I hit a blockade where actually I just couldn't, I couldn't get over this pain and this inflammation, and I was taking, uh, you know, standard medication, um, and it was having adverse effects on my body. So it's anti-inflammatory. Yeah, anti-inflammatory medication. Um, how how long? Because well, I mean, I know certain anti-inflammatories you should take them for a long time. You should take them for an empty stomach because they can cause like gastrointestinal problems I think there was a recent study that said that it might cause heart problems I will check that but there are some concerns about long-term use how long were you on them for how long did you need to use them for um well I probably used them for about a year okay um just to play and train without too much pain Mm. um but it got to a point where my body just couldn't handle it anymore so as a family, um, we began looking at, you know, alternative remedies to inflammation. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do 
not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So we came across, you know, obviously things like pineapple, uh, things like pomegranate, things like ginger. Um, and then we came across turmeric. How did you do the research? Was this kind of online or was it talking to yeah, it was, um, professionals? It was, it was, we spoke to professionals. Well, uh, we spoke to medical professionals and their advice across board was sort of to remain on the anti-inflammatories. Mm-hmm. Um this is over a decade ago, right? We didn't have the information we have now about um, anti-inflammatories. So, um, so we began doing um, research, and <clears throat> at the time, you know, a lot of it was um, online-based, but a lot of it was, um, you know, sort of uh, traditional um, medication natural remedies herbal remedies remedies within books and all of these ingredients there was a pattern that they began popping up so um so my dad basically um began putting these fresh natural ingredients together and it was coming out in the form of a liquid shot Um, so it was pineapple pomegranate pineapple ginger um, and then turmeric um into these uh, little shots and I was having them feeling a bit of a buzz straight after I took them and and then sort of the day after feeling a little bit less pain and then as our research continued you know we understood about the bioavailability of turmeric and the quantities and uh, the amount you have to take in order to get the uh, required levels of curcumin which is the compound in turmeric into your system so we began adding things like um piperin extract um, which in, increases the bioavailability of turmeric by 2000% in the human body and we landed on this um, on this blend and this extraction process to get enough of the wet turmeric root into the shot um, that I began experiencing a noticeable difference um, and it was about two months after taking the shots on a daily basis that I trained for the first time in probably about 16 months pain-free how did you how did that feel like it just reminds me it's a moment of disbelief or yeah it or was a very it was it was a strange feeling 
because um, I've been on, you know, the prescribed medication for well over a year and I was trying these ingredients which we had sort of done our own research on and sourced ourselves and created the blend ourselves and it had such an impact on on my health and the inflammation in my body. So it was it was a weird feeling that actually we'd created something which could have such an impact on on the body and it was at that time where we really began engrossing ourselves into the impact on what we put into our body um, and the effect it has on our health mm -hmm. and that was that that time as a family we actually sort of had an awakening that um, you know for decades prior it was sort of ummed and ahed about oh yeah well there's you know there's no scientific research you know it's, that doesn't really matter too much what you eat you know you can eat you know, have your pastas, have your rich carbohydrates, processed foods, and there's sort of um, varied results on, on the impact on your health. And actually, um, it was at that point that we understood it's quite clear. There are certain foods which you can consume, mm -hmm. and there are certain results you will get from consuming them. And when you say we, as a, how many, who are the your family? As a family, it... yeah. So, obviously, my dad... My mum, my stepmom, my um, brothers and sisters, two of each. Everyone was taking shots of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So everyone pretty much um, was taking shots. You know, whether it was to um, to cure a, um, a cold, get rid of a um, the flu. Um, we we became quite a healthy family, you know, and it was um, you know it's it's great. So I think probably three years ago. I went through a period where I didn't have a cold for about four years. So literally within that year and then three years after, I didn't have a cold and I was taking these shots every single day. So, uh, and, and you're saying you think it was the shots and not just fluke, you didn't suddenly just... <laughs> no, yeah, definitely because everyone around me was coming down with it at those you know, periods of you know, flu and those cold flu times, season. yeah, flu season, everyone would come down with it around me and I was engaging <laughs> with them. And yeah, so it was, um, it was, yeah, it was a sort of a strange, strange feeling, but a good feeling because I sort of had an awakening around my health and my family's health and it was good to know that we understood it and we were not so much ahead of the game, but it was um, where the trend was going. The health trend, the health mm -hmm. revolution. So a few years after that, um, we began looking into it a bit deeper, and we sort of saw that actually, you know, around turmeric, there's no clinical studies. You know, this was eight, nine, eight, seven, eight years ago. There's no clinical studies around the health benefits, and we were sort of like, you know, okay, like, yeah, we, that's fine. We we know what it, the impact it has, and um, and then obviously, um, the last sort of three, four years there's been um, a shift in, um, you know, general awareness on, on nutrition and on health and turmeric is playing a major part in that. Mm. Um, so it was about three years ago that um, I was in a food store and went to the food, uh, uh, the drink section and saw a turmeric shot on the shelf. Um, and I thought, amazing, you know, we don't have to make it anymore. I'm just going to buy loads for, for my family. Dad can leave the kitchen. Unshackled. <laughs> yeah, precisely. And um, so I bought bought a load, took them home, 
um, and drunk them. I drank one actually, and uh, honestly, I pretty much spat it out as soon as I as soon as it touched my lips. Because this is the thing, right? Um, when you read recipes for like curry and things, they'll always say, you know, a good uh, traditional authentic recipe say will always say, don't put too much turmeric in because it makes everything taste like dirt. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got a thing about that you shouldn't eat something just because it's good for you it should also t- or that it claims to be good for you um, it should also taste good otherwise it's kind of punishment <laughs> so I think that's kind of a good point so um, you tasted this shot and yeah. it, it wasn't as palatable as what you'd <laughs> yeah, been used exactly, to exactly yeah and to be fair um, when I first started taking these blends when I was you know, a teenager, probably 99% of the population wouldn't have been able to stomach it. But I was fussy as well, but I just loved playing football. So I I persevered. Um, but over the years, as I said, I was fussy. So I sort of, um, you know, asked my dad nicely, can you make this taste a bit better? And year on year, the, the blends um, improved and, and the taste improved and the extraction process for how we were extracting the roots and, and the quantities of the other, um, uh, you know, uh, nutritious fruits going into it um, uh, was perfected. And, um, and I think that's why when I had that shot from the shop, I felt it was so inferior because what we were making at home was actually created, you know, with, with love, with care and, and with attention um, and with an understanding of, you know, the required amounts to have, you know, an actual um, beneficial impact. So it was at that point where I decided and we as a family decided that we have to bring this, um, the shot that we were making effectively in our kitchen to, to a wider audience. Mm-hmm. Um Having spoken with you know a lot of um, players at the time who were suffering with similar um, uh, ailments, um, they began using them and they began noticing uh, beneficial effects of the shots. Um, yeah, so we set about creating a company, um, creating a production facility, um, creating a logistics setup which could allow us to um, create. Um, produce in the same manner which we were um, doing on a small scale uh, on a large scale and then implementing the logistics to deliver it um, all over the UK Um, and it took about 18 months to do that Um, and we launched uh, we had a soft launch um, got some fantastic feedback Uh, pretty much everyone who tried the shots were in shock because as you said (laughs) the general uh, perception around turmeric is that it's um, can taste like mud <laughs> um, and um, yeah so that's a nice thing because um, our, our shots actually are delicious um, particularly when you consider uh, consider the the benefits you, you get from, from consuming them so we need to have a just a little chat about the benefits because I think it's because my, my podcast is kind of about evidence and evidence based information and and we need to be, I think, kind of careful around, because a lot of the research around turmeric and curcumin is equivocal, some of it. There, how much how much evidence do you have about what it does? Or, you know, because it's your own experience, which is, yeah. I think is valid and it's important. Yeah, of course. But there's a, there's a, I think there's a need to just be sure that you're giving people what... On a clinical level, certainly. Um, so a lot of the... Uh, 
the research which um, has been opened up to us is particularly around inflammation mm-hmm. and that's what we would um, say is the key benefit of um, taking our shots now obviously with turmeric because it's um, an ingredient which is gaining a lot more awareness mm-hmm. there's a lot of other health benefits being attached to turmeric and um, we're not talking about those let the clinical studies take place and then let the results speak for themselves you know whether they do have an impact whether they don't we may have our personal views but at the end of the day as you said um, clinical studies are um, necessary Um, but you know it does make us wonder why it's taken us um, in this first world um, and being so advanced in so many spaces to conduct clinical studies uh, around an ingredient which has been used um, in parts of Asia Mm. um, um, for centuries as a cross-board remedy Mm. Um, but it's a question which you know we can't answer I think I think you're right and I think um, there are lots of things there are whenever you're looking at the studies it's kind of did they use powder did they use fresh root did they how old was it how much did they use there's still lots of questions around all of the active ingredients. Curcumin is one of them, but there are kind of hundreds of compounds in it, which might also be doing lots of very useful things for us. And um, there have been some recently some nice trials that have come out. Um, nice as in attractive, not nice guidelines. Nice. Um, um, and so one of the kind of the big cohort studies um, was looking at older Asian people who in, in curry consumption. And it showed that people who ate more curry had better cognitive health in older age. Um, and so that's one of the studies that's kind of used to kind of promote the anti-inflammatory and brain benefits of, of turmeric. But again, you know, it's curry. It's, there's also ginger and onions and, you know, maybe beans and other things that might be um, helpful in there. So you can't just claim it's all the turmeric. But there was a really nice trial last week or the week before that came out looking at a, a product a, turkey, a, curcumin, a curcumin supplement and they put it under a placebo controlled 18 month trial and showed that it improved memory and cognitive performance in non-demented is the term so healthy adults um, compared to placebo and that seemed to be because it reduce the amount of tangles that are associated with Alzheimer's disease. So Alzheimer's disease is um, linked to the accumulation of these twisted folded proteins and it looked like the curcumin supplement reduced the number of those tangles. So I think there's, you know, there's certainly mm-hmm. some good evidence or some very interesting evidence at least coming through. Yeah. Um, and I think as, as, a, as a company, uh, yeah, we're still deemed as a startup company. Um, but what, what we um, are excited to be a part of is um, those clinical uh, trials and those studies. And as we grow, um, you know, we're, we're already engaged with um, uh, a number of nutritionists um, and research bodies to actually conduct our own trials. Um, and it's something which we're very serious about uh, because we have directly experienced the effects um, that tumor can have on the human body and um, you know it's um, where we're at now as a, a sort of a civilization is uh, we're, we're very much more aware that um, what we yeah, 
as I said, what we put into our bodies can have a direct impact on health. And um, we are definitely um, advocates of that idea. Um, and we want to turn it from an idea into a reality. Um, and we're, we're looking forward to the challenge. What do you, well, two questions. Who is the product aimed at? Because you, I mean, you used it in recovery from sport. Like, is, is it for sports people? Is it... And also, what is the the wider aim? Like, what is? I hate to use the word because it's it's so shortage. But is is there a mission goal? You know, we'll see how we go. Yeah, no. Um, who's the um, who's audience? I think the audience is uh, people who suffer with inflammation. Um, we're of the belief that. Um, a number of diseases come from inflammation of the cells um, and uh, we just want to offer um, a product which um, gives you a greater feeling of well-being um, uh, and as we said uh, as clinical studies uh, take place uh, we want to be positioned uh, in a place where um, actually we have a product which um, which can offer um, certain natural ingredients um, into your diet, um, whether or not um, you know uh, you believe it may have an impact on um, various uh, health ailments um, is down to the individual. But um, you know we are certainly of the belief that having it in your diet is better than not having it. And so, so yeah, obviously, uh, you look at inflammation, what's the what's a job that has a direct uh, influence through inflammation is sport, you know, so obviously all sports, definitely, there's, um, there's a benefit for taking um, turmeric, but, um, you know, people will underestimate the impact everyday life has on your well-being and your stress within your mind and that can lead to inflammation. Mm. So that being said, um, you know, if you um, have a day job which is stressful, <laughs> if you live if life, you live life <laughs> um, then maybe this is um, something which is beneficial to you. Um, but um, we, we know and we believe this isn't a fad. You know, we've experienced a lot of fads, particularly over the last decade. Um, of um, certainly in nutrition and learning and nutrition um, but again uh, we look at history and uh, the fact that the likes of these ingredients have been used um, you know uh, by you know effectively ancient civilizations and they've known about things like this and used it as a cross-board remedy um, gives us a lot of uh, confidence in the benefits of it how do you find working with family? <laughs> um, yeah, it's because uh, it sounds like very much a family business. Yeah, Dad of course. Yeah, yeah. Siblings. Um, you know, we 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 built it from the ground up, and you know, it's something which um, which a lot of hard work has gone into, which you know, a lot of people will, will never see. Um, uh, but yeah, how do I find it? Um, <laughs> you mentioned to the <laughs> yeah no. Um, as my brother sits in the corner. No, it can be stressful, but I think any um, you know any business that you're in is you're going to experience levels of stress. But for me, I sort of balance it well because you know I sort of have 
one stressful environment and it's strange to think that you can then go <laughs> into another stressful environment and um, it to be beneficial but I find it as a sort of a release and uh, vice versa and it works well for me. Are you able to stop it from being family as a business to family as family? Is there a clear separation or do they kind of lead into each other? Um, yeah, no, it is definitely a clear separation and I think that's why we've been able to experience the sort of success and growth we've experienced you know so far it's because you know when it's business it's very much business you know everyone's working towards a common goal a common objective um but obviously you know family is uh, you know, the most important thing in the world so uh, you have to um, look after that okay so if people listening to this have been thoroughly convinced about the health benefits and they want to reduce their inflammation where can they go and can we do them a little deal? Yes, of course. So they can visit uh, www.theturmeric.co. Uh, that's our website. Um, that's where our customer base, uh, large customer base is currently. And we um, distribute all over the UK, uh, fresh to your door, 24 hours after production, um, in chilled boxing. <laughs> but you have to remember to refrigerate the shots once they arrive. Uh, once you do there's a two week shelf life on them as well um, so all natural no preservatives no added sugars um, uh, and a, a really tasty uh, nutritious option uh, for your diet um, and if they want to place an order there's a discount code um, which is welcome uh, which offers them 30% off their first order okay. uh, online so so that's just welcome just welcome yeah just in, welcome into, into the coupon code section and that's 30% off. 30% off. That's very nice. Um, and if people want to find you specifically, Thomas, where can they find you on socials? Yeah, on socials, um, my handle is Robson Canu, um, and also the Turmeric Co is uh, um, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And there's lots of um, there's a nice buzz going on around the social at the minute, which is which is good to see. Lots of interaction and I'll pop all the links in so people can just find these really easily perfect awesome and that's it thanks again to Thomas for joining me all of the links to the articles we mentioned are in the show notes along with a link to the turmeric co so you can make the most of that 30% discount in upcoming episodes I'll be talking to a pastry chef about her food stories and sharing some insights in how to build psychological resilience so do remember to subscribe so you don't miss any of those That just leaves me to thank you very, very much for listening. And until next time, I wish you the very best of health. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 